welcome to the Crypto Yams Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is September 2nd, and this is episode 96. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, you're having a great Friday today. I am welcomed by Pio today. We'll be going into some deep depths of ideas within the bond market, stock market, and Dixie, as well as our standard programmed uh, <laughs> episode of the Bitcoin and Cryptos. Welcome, Pio. Ho- hopefully you're well, man. Hi, my baked potato. Hi. So, today, quite a bit happening. We do have a quite a bit to talk about today. Bitcoin, of course, started the morning very well. We had quite a bit of a market launch in the pre-market of the S&P. Things were looking exceptional up until about four hours in to the day. Things started to pull back. We're essentially, nothing's really changed since we've done so exactly. We're continuing to range. Point of the whole thing is that we did get up into that 4,000 point level of the S&P, come back and we've hit the same level of bottom that we were at. Well, before we started the whole pump. So nothing with the structure is broken. The idea is still the same. More than likely, we're very close to hitting a top here on the 10-year yield, meaning that we're hitting a bottom with the S&P 500 and potentially the Dixie also hitting a range of topping out. Just before the stream started today, uh, I was doing some percentage pulls of the Dixie as well as looking at the overall structure. Um, And I just want to point this out for you guys because I think it's important. Um, Essentially, I think we can continue going up probably for the next potential two to three to four, maybe five to six weeks. That would be pushing it, but definitely a possibility. But I really absolutely believe to every fiber in my body that we're about to hit a ceiling with the Dixie, we're still going to make a lower high and we're going to turn back over. Multitude of reasons for this. The last time we pushed above this resistance level that we are above now since as of March uh, 2022, the last time this happened was in 85, literally 1985. We did about a 16 and a 16, 16% push above the resistance before slamming back down into the level, continuing to fall back into the falling wedge and fell all the way back to the bottom we're 98% into that level already. We've got another 3 to 4% maybe before we hit that 16%. At the same time, uh, we've done about a 22% pull from here in 2014, May to March 2015. If we're looking at this as some sort of continuation flag, inverted head and shoulders, what have you. Um, we're very much almost at that 22% as well from bottom to top. Breaking resistance, 16% to the high. And from the start of the support, almost 22%. So a multitude of percentages that we've seen in the past are about to fill. We're not that far away. We're also almost at the full Fibonacci extension zero level. So unless everything on this chart changes, meaning the market structure, the fib lines, everything is pointing to hitting a ceiling here and essentially rejecting, more than likely falling back in 
to this larger falling wedge. And essentially, as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, we are technically in a rising wedge as starting about 2004 up until now. So almost a 15-year rising wedge um, within a larger 40-year falling wedge. Of course, the falling wedge is bullish. The rising wedge is bearish. So what this tells me is that over the next possibly couple of years, this thing is going to reject, fall back into the rising wedge, more than likely break down from the rising wedge back into our falling wedge and either create another lower low with more divergence or a higher low and see continuation maybe to actually break it for, for real. I mean, because we have broken this resistance level twice now, we really haven't seen the same thing with the support. We really haven't broken below the support level, not in the way that we're breaking above resistance. So what that's saying is that the market overall does does want to continue higher, but the Dixie is not something that you can just, just push up forever, right? It has to have setbacks. It has to chill out. Just as we've seen, you know, we, we bottomed out back here in 2021. We talked about this level as a group um, being important and we held, we continued to bounce. The markets, you know, rallied with the Dixie, funny enough. This is essentially when we started the rally going from $3,000 into 60000 So I, I really don't believe that the Dixie has that much weight on Bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies. Of course, the overall economic outlook, you know, has to do with the Dixie. But in reality, it's, it's not as closely tied as most people believe it to be. Um, and I don't think that this doing what it's doing right now, even though it is pushing into a high, that we haven't seen in almost 20 plus years, um, I still believe that the macro is going to give us a lower high overall. Or if we do somehow get above our top fib level here and we get above uh, 120 points, we're more than likely going to see some sort of monthly bearish divergence essentially to push us back down. Market structure, again, is bullish at the moment, but as we can see, the fibs are all extended to the downside. Everything in this chart is saying we're pretty much at the precipice of we either have to change the whole structure and become the most bullish we've ever seen on the Dixie, or things are going to do what historically they've done over the last 40 years and find a rejection off of a level very soon. More than likely, as I said, over the next probably two months, three months at most, um, hit the ceiling start turning back down. This, of course, would be good for us in the stock market and everything else, Bitcoin, cryptos included. I believe that it would be good for just the, uh, the whole of the economic uh, situation as well. I mean, you know, dollar coming back against all the rest of the currencies might actually not be that bad of a thing in the overall state of things and how it's been. Um, and how this relates back into the 10-year yield and the stock market, again, we're setting up a situation where the stock market wants to try and find a shoulder for an inverted head and shoulders. It does want to try and break the local high. And if it does, it's not just breaking that high, it's also breaking resistance of the trend, right? That would give us a chance to potentially push towards breaking a new all-time high in the S&P, which you know, seems like a crazy uh, idea at the moment, but 
reality says we could just continue to print money, continue to you know buy bonds, and continue watching the inflation of the dollar continue, which pushes the stock market higher, which is 90% of the reason why we've had just this complete you know, one-sided rally for a multitude of years. Of course, we've seen some sell-offs here and there. We've seen some pushback in the last, you know, pretty much since the start of this year. But I believe that this is very healthy in the sense of traditional stocks. We haven't seen a, you know, a bloody battle sell-off anywhere in here. And I believe that this is still absolutely keen to try and, you know, potentially go and shoot for new all-time highs again. And again, watching 10-year yield, we're seeing the same type of thing where market structure is still bearish, even though we're above it, telling me that the last couple days that we have pushed above it are just, it's just noise. It's literally, it doesn't have any momentum built behind it. You can see that we're stacking up a bearish divergence in the medium midterm here. Potentially clear head and shoulders, some sort of potential double top. It just, it just, everything's kind of setting itself up at the same time and it's hard to ignore. Again, how this relates back into the cryptocurrencies, altcoins, Bitcoin right now, hesitantly look good. But as, you know, as said, hesitantly, no one's sure what the future holds right now. In my opinion, things are just going to hold up, you know, into midterms for sure. After midterms, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have to kind of go with a light foot and just pay attention to what's happening in everything, essentially. Could be some sort of black swan event, and things could just absolutely crumble. But I don't believe that that's the case. Why would it? We've been continuing this trend for almost 20 years of continually printing money, printing all our problems away should make that a t-shirt, you know? So why would they stop now? The Federal Reserve, the European banks say they have no, you know, they're not, they're not going to stop until there's literally no other option but to stop. So again, Bitcoin and ETH today, we were looking very good on the start of the day. Things have started to take a bit of a pullback because the S&P got rejected off at the 4,000 point level. But we're still holding 20,000. We're still holding 1550, uh, which, as we know, is very important levels for both of these assets. Um, we're still holding market structure of the daily, at least on ETH. Bitcoin never actually gained its structure back, potentially in the next couple of days. If it continues to do what the rest of the altcoin market is trying to do, this will flip. We do see the FIB extensions to the upside here, meaning that as soon as we get a, a triple confirmation, that would be the next thing we're probably going to see would be the market structure turn bullish, sitting at around 19,880 or 19,800. And the FIB extensions either are going to stay where they are, meaning that the first step would be either into our zero line, which is, you know, 25,000. That's a huge jump. Where are our FIBs lining up now? 382 is at 34,600. 618s at 40,000. This, this, this jump just to resistance, you know, is up towards 40,000 of the trend, the trend resistance. So this could be a lot bigger of a move 
if everything allows it to do so. I'm not saying it's guaranteed to happen. Of course, this is not financial advice, but 20,000 previous all-time high, the major key level support is holding and continues to hold, even though, you know, we pop below it for a couple hours. Everyone's freaking out because they're watching the smaller time frame charts. The overall is saying that the money flow in the 16-hour continues to push up. The 16-hour did triple confirm already for us here in the last candle. Unless that gets invalidated, most of these midterms, you know, there's some shaky bits just because we are consolidating at this bottom. But, you know, we have a clear range. Nothing's been broken yet. The fibs are all extended to the upside. I'm, I feel quite bullish in this situation. I do feel like at least, you know, the minimum would be a retest of that channel that we talked about in the previous episode, right around the $22,000 mark now, just with time passing by going sideways for so long. It was sitting at around $21,500 previously. We've had a couple days now, kind of sit down here and, you know, sit on our hands, think about it. Again, the longer you consolidate, the higher the trend, resistance slash supports go. So now to retest and reject is sitting right around that 21,900, 22,000. Um, that would be the lower high that we'd more than likely be looking for to see rejection and see continuation lower. Or we may end up pushing back into the channel that we were previously in, pushing above 22,000, probably hitting our 618 at about 23,200, coming back for a retest of 22. And if we find support after doing so, you know, that may give us the chance to revisit into the top of the channel, which pushes us towards that 25, 26K level. So again, we need to see either a rejection or the resistance flip support. So whatever happens around 22, it's going to come in very important for us. If it happens over this weekend, which I don't believe it will, um, you know, we can't put much weight on that weekend trading. As we all know, it's just garbage. The volume is low. The momentum is low. I think that this thing might have a chance to try over the next week, starting on Monday. Um, if things really pick up over this weekend, again, I wouldn't put too much merit on it. I would say that maybe it comes up to 22 over the weekend, comes back down to test market structure, more so as just a, a trap, again, just as we've seen already, and continue from there if that's the case. Yeah, Ethereum here, again, daily, looking pretty darn good, to be honest. As long as money flow stays flat and or continues to turn up, uh, all the midterms are either already triple confirmed or on their way towards it, money flow is still heading back up into the green, 12-hour, 8-hour, 6-hour, and 4-hour. And see, again, just, you know, sideways consolidation, a bit of divergence showing up on our wolf pack, but only our wolf pack, not showing up in our money flow or our liberator. So, yeah, I mean, we're still holding structure. As long as we find support in the 1520 to 1550 level, more than likely we're going to see continuation um, retesting 1700 here is going to be a key level for us. Uh, important to see what happens here. If we tend, you know, if we reject again, as we did back here on August 25th, we may end up coming back down to the 236, maybe even market structure again, as crappy as that would be. Um, I'd rather see consolidation in this level at the major key level support than, you know, 
breaking too fast and then coming all the way, you know. It's better that we're doing it now rather than later. It really is. We've still got a higher low overall. We've still got these larger bullish divergences going on and potentially a converging wave here for the whole thing. The fact that we broke out of the channel with divergence tells me that this whole move could turn into an, a full-on invalidation, push back into the channel, and just continue going you know, up in the direction we were going prior to falling below it. We could have held support back here and bounced from there, but we didn't do that. So we got to figure it out now. Over the next, I don't know, I'd say three to 10 days, well, essentially we should have an answer whether we're going to see rejection or if it's going to break above, find support. You know, we may see some sort of soft rejection again, hit 22, come back to 21, 20,500. As long as we find support at a higher low point, as of which we are right now, and we hold the market structure, if we turn it bullish, breaking out of this range, then that would be fine. And we'll see continuation to the upside. Oh, I just talked for a long time. Pio, you want to jump in here, man? Do you have anything you want to add to what I was saying? Yo, 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 man. You're, you're some value. I have to say, um, <laughs> just what you've covered, I think, gives a, a fantastic picture of the kind of the environment and behavior upon it over the you know the next couple of weeks, um, and even just your analysis the levels there towards um, that you were looking at, you know, where we could break structures like CPI is next week, um, where CPI print for August will be printed. And the reaction after the last CPI where it, it hit expectations, it showed zero month-on-month -month growth of inflation. I think like the market mm -hmm. reacted from credit, like that, that's what really caused you know, the last kind of couple of weeks of run. Um, never mind, say, this, this little pullback that we're having. Mm -hmm. So like that's a big event. And I think because... Everyone's so fear motivated. News is really, you know, look, they'll go looking for news. And I think, I think it's, it's something a lot of market will right. react to. Um, and looking at the Dixie, you know, I think that's the Dixie and the 10 year before you even start looking at the S&P, the NASDAQ and crypto. I think people misunderestimate or underestimate rather mean reversion. <laughs> You know, nothing goes in a straight line. And it just like, if the Dixie went parabolic from here, it just doesn't really kind of look, you know, right to the eye. And, it, you know, it doesn't look like the euro is going to, you know, which is accounting for a large amount of the appreciation of the Dixie. It doesn't look like the euro is going to go straight down from here either, you know. And I think a good example of that was on Monday. So it's quite funny before came into the session i was listening to a twitter spaces with um a lot of different energy commentators big guys and doomberg and i was listening to the same thing last friday and you know the perma bears and perma bulls like you do not want to be either of those you don't want to be either of those anyway but like it you know it would have been fine to be in a perma bull for you know until last september um or even last summer and these guys were beating their chests, you know, European energy was up 11x and they were like, it's going to do another 11x, like, you're poorest, you know, they're all going to freeze. And I was just like, not really kind of like, they just got so emotional about being right. 
um, Monday morning, you know, German base load power ahead futures, you know, pulled right back from like, you know, 33% and have been trading down every day this week, you know, from 11x to only 3x on the year. Um, so that was caused by a few different things, I have to say, but like it did wreck a lot of permanent bulls and energy. He just thought like, yeah, that's just going to completely keep getting worse from here. You know, the euro is going to 0.1 from here. And, you know, it's just when you go through your technical analysis and what the indicator is telling you, like it's, it's really fascinating to see, you know, um, find counterparties that are extremists on either side. And it's really easy to tell when they're leaning, to, leaning too hard into something and that the market ultimately will, will, will teach them a lesson. I mean, we can see that example across, you know, many spaces, right? These, all these very specific altcoins, people potentially held for a 90 to 95% drop across the board, right? Like they were, they were so entranced by everything that happened last year, right? Oh, it's going to keep going forever. Everything's great. Blah, 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 blah. They don't look at the bigger picture. They didn't see the macros turning around, just as we're starting to see right now in the opposite direction. You know, we, we, we've almost gone a whole year of downside, right? Like, we, we need to have some relief again in here. We've had little bits of relief here and there, but really, right, it hasn't been that crazy. Like, the best relief we've had so far was, was 20 the first time, you know, back up to 48. Or sorry, rather, um, 33 to 48, 20. Gosh, we haven't hit 20 until June. My apologies. But, you know, we haven't retested this resistance or this resistance since March, November of last year and April of last year. We've just been hankering below for May, June, July, August, September. We're almost five months into we haven't retested that resistance. Is it still resistance? Is it still very strong? You know, we we need to touch it to find out. We need to push up close enough to that level, right, to get a full-on rejection. Like, we, we, we saw a pretty hard rejection off of 25 here, but without very much reaction so far, right? Like, we, we saw continuation and reaction, and the big drop came, you know, weeks later, from just complete settlement. So we may still see something like this, a repeating pattern in a smaller fractal form on Bitcoin, where if we don't continue turning around here, if we don't hold this higher low, if we don't hold these divergences, you know, it has that possibility of just falling off a cliff, chucking sideways for a bit, falling off a cliff, getting our 14, 13K target, still a very real possibility. I just... You know, this is the first time we've retested the previous all-time high and the major support level since December, November 2020, right? The previous time we touched it before that was 2017. We've only got two little pieces in time where we've been in this zone. And for now, it's holding up. It would be crazier, in my opinion, to just break down from here <clears throat> towards 13 or whatever it may be rather than going back for some sort of retest. We've been talking about this retest for months. It could have happened back in here of May, 
It never happened. We fell again. It could have happened here over July and August. We got rejected again. But this time, you know, we're starting to see support come in. Anyone who's looking at the weekly right now is going to see that things don't look good at all. You have to, you have to get into those midweeks, like the four-day, two-day, to see a bit of a better picture. Because the four-day, especially on ETH, is showing you that clearly we're, you know, money flow, the overall momentum of the market is continuing to go up. We're starting to flip. We're starting to pinch off. Potentially a green dot coming over the next, you know, week or two. Potentially another buy signal. And then that would invalidate our sell signal here because we're already over the triple confirmation price of when this came in at 1550. As long as we can stay over 1550 in these four-day closes, that's more than likely what's going to happen. You know, we push through the 618. Once we can get through this and the local high, it's all at the same time. The market structure right there, the 618, the local high, and the market structure all coming in the same zone, on ETH at least. Bitcoin has a little bit more to deal with, you know, because our market structure is all the way up at 48,000 at least on a weekly basis. But we can see that the FIBs, as far as they're you know, saying, we, we're, we're already below the zero line FIB. We would, we would need to print or open up a 1618 somewhere down in here in order to continue pushing down. And that's not the case. We see that the extensions are actually to the upside. As long as the format of everything stays the way it is right now, we have a macro higher low. We've played out the divergence. Convergence, if this wave gets invalidated and we turn right back up, momentum, the weekly TC's back up, you know, that's we got to believe in the indicator and the signs that we're seeing. Even though everyone else is being doom and gloom, and you know, you're absolutely right in saying that the market is just so fearful right now with everything going on. But for me, you know, I see blood. I've seen it enough times in the past. I, I want to buy. I'm, I'm getting excited, you know, because I know that this is potentially the zone, at least until we have a clear sign of rejection, macro, lower high again, you know, this is the zone for now until it breaks or it's retested up in somewhere, whatever that level may be and rejected. And then we have a chance of breaking 20 again. At least that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Like. It wouldn't, it wouldn't look abnormal to look at that chart and at least try for 30, if not that 48 level in a year's time and look back and kind of go, that was weird. No, it would look pretty normal. Right. You know, in a bear trend. Absolutely. Such a key level. Absolutely. And I mean, it might happen like we've seen in the last couple of years where, you know, maybe by December, January, we're kind of hitting those local highs and then the rest of the year kind of falls off again. You know, maybe we continue this quote-unquote bearish trend for another, you know, year and a half, year, before finally kind of cracking through and finding structure and continuing to the upside. Um, that lines up the midterms, and I, you know, liquidity is, is I think, another fascinating factor right now. Um, I'm not the best one at looking at order books. I'm better at looking at more traditional stuff. But even oil, you know, was trading million, 1.2 million contracts a day, WTI oil a day this time last year. 
it's it's kind of averaging around 240 260 contract a thousand hundred thousand contracts so a quarter of the trading volume in oil so you know that is kind of reflected in bond deals you know like you could probably see that in a startup industry bcs are you know putting their their money in in the dollar and and in bonds you know um so liquidity that's what i you know that's why i don't find things like headlock 48 is not unbelievable given how crypto can be moved you know especially right now it's such so few active participants. Absolutely. If ever, you know, this is the perfect time for them to come in and push everything higher. If everyone's sidelined, you know, that just means that they're going to show up to the party late. They're still going to come. Like once they see that things are trend shifting again, everyone's going to jump back and want to come to this thing. But it's going to take some some very serious, um, you know, consulting, and they're going to have to be very sure before they get back in, right? Like, you're absolutely right. Liquidity on everything across the board is very low. But it's not like it's it's just gone, you know? It's it's sitting somewhere else, it's sidelined. It's, it's waiting to be thrown back in. Everyone's trying to catch the bottom, right? And rarely does, sorry, do, uh, does that happen? Go ahead. No, that's just so beautiful the way to put it. Um, you know, I just saw something posted today and I know Jonas is, you know, uh, gives a good analysis of the different exchanges and has highlighted the benefits of, you know, of Kraken, no financial advice. And, you know, the news that yesterday, today, BlackRock is going to use Kraken, a Kraken subsidiary for their you know, deal desk in crypto. Mm. So I, again, kind of looking forward, you know, if institutions which are coming in are here, are buying a 20K, in two years, I don't think it's going to make a difference if they're also scooping up or DCAing at like 14 and 11. Yeah, I absolutely, yeah. absolutely agree. You said, you know, they but they can take profits. They can see a lower high better, you know, as maybe not actually better than us. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it wouldn't be bad, you know, buying at a you know, macro low or midterm low here. Market gets frothy, sells them off. Everything breaks down and goes to SH1T next year. Oh, a bit more again. Yeah, I agree. Oh, man. A quick uh, message from our sponsors, guys. We do have some huge news. Triple Confirmation Alpha will be available in seven days. Mark your calendars. Seven days, my friends. One week until the Alpha Bot is open for public release. So uh, we do have a meeting coming up on the 7th of September. If you guys are interested in being there for that, you'll have to join the Triple Confirmation Discord. Links are in all of our descriptions. You'll be able to join from there. Come and have a listen. We're going to be talking about essentially everything that we've got so far. Answer your guys' questions if you have them. So, you know, write down your questions. Bring them to us. Let us show you what it's doing. And yeah, very, 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 very exciting for you guys. We will be recording it, Flo, don't you worry. This is going to be one of the most important meetings that we've had in quite a while. So, yeah, we will get it recorded. We'll have it up more than likely even on YouTube uh, and all the, you know, all of our, anywhere you find our podcasts, you'll be able to find that session. And I think with all that said, 
We appreciate the heck out of you guys for taking the time to listen. Everyone around the world. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Don't get scared. Don't get pushed out. We love you guys. Take care. Have a good rest of your day.